Hello and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com as well as the Sonic Cinema Podcast YouTube channel. We continue on with the class of 1999. Uh, this was a pretty remarkable year for animated films. Uh, we talked about the Iron Giant earlier. I posted a, a quick take video on South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. We also had Disney's Tarzan and Toy Story 2. Uh, I'm Today, we're going to discuss what was my first film from the master Japanese filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. It is Princess Mononoke, and joining me on the podcast to discuss it is friend and uh, fellow commentator back when we did the Yahoo with a microphone commentaries. He's also been on the podcast when we talked about The Last Jedi. Uh, I'm pleased to be joined by David Miles. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hey, Brian. How you doing? So this was, this was definitely my first uh, Miyazaki, and part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you about was because of the fact that you are one of the biggest anime fans that I know, mm -hmm. if, if not the biggest anime fan that I know of. Uh, when did you first see the movie? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know the exact... Uh, I don't know the exact, like, year. Um, but, you know, I started getting heavily into anime, like, after I graduated from college. So, 2000. Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, it was probably somewhere within, within that range, 2001, 2002. All right. Um, and I, I honestly, I think it was my first anime movie. Okay. Uh, like, you know, cause, cause it was like, for a lot of people it was this movie or Akira, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. They, they, they got him into it. Yeah. But for me, I think it was Princess Mononoke. I, I don't think I saw Akira until much later. Um, mm -hmm. and so, uh, yeah, and, and you know, and uh, yeah, and so I, I think I remember just watching it on my computer, you know? Okay. I was, I was, I was one of those that, uh, <laughs> downloaded things back when that was popular. You know? Right. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that's, that's where I got it. So, you know, I certainly didn't see the most high quality version. Um, but I, you know, and I'm, I'm, and I'm almost certain it was the, um, the sub version, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah 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 it was it was a while ago but it definitely stuck with me I mean it's still mm. one of my favorite animated movies yeah it's 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 absolutely one of my favorites and I know when I rewatched it for the yes. podcast I I just continue to be blown away by this movie mm. uh, this, like I said this was my first Miyazaki I'd heard of Miyazaki before because at the time I had a subscription to Entertainment Weekly in the year before. On like their best of, they mentioned the uh, first video release of Kiki's Delivery Service yeah. in America, mm -hmm. and they had done uh, an English dub with Kirsten Dunst and mm -hmm. Phil Hartman, mm -hmm. um, and then this came out the year after, and I did actually see this in theaters. Oh wow! Um, I I I think it was because I want to say it was because of. Uh, Roger Ebert's review, which yeah. was really glowing about it, and I I was just transfixed yeah, the yeah. the second I saw it. It was it was such a remarkable piece of storytelling. I'd never and I really had that. 
I didn't really go through that phase growing up as far as watching animated films. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, my, my mother was not really a Disney person, so it's mm-hmm. like I didn't really watch the Disney classics. I didn't really start watching uh, animated films really on a semi-regular basis until, like, high school and when you I would go see Toy Story or uh, Pocahontas and right. stuff like that. And so this was, yeah, th- this was a movie. By this point, I was deep into my love of movies. As mm. I was deep into my, my uh, appreciation of just watching movies as much as I could. And uh, this, I so when I saw it in theaters, it was the English dub right. that they had done. And really, really well done English dub. Actually, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, that that was one of the things that I I was so impressed with. Um, I think I've watched Kiki's and mm-hmm. Spirited Away and Princess Monoki all with the Japanese dub by this point. Um, but they always Disney when they had the rights to Miyazaki on for U.S. distribution, they always did a really good job with the getting the right actors for the roles. And I I did watch the English dub for this one. I really wasn't in the mood to watch the Japanese dub. Mm -hmm. And I remember this English dub being really, really well done. Right, right, right. And uh, plus, it's just easier to keep track of the story and the characters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this is such a beautiful movie. And... It was. It wasn't my first anime. I think I had watched Akira. I think by this point, right? And I had seen. And I think I had watched another one, Fist of the North Star, oh, yeah, when was yeah. uh, <laughs> when was working at a uh, local video store mm-hmm. that had some anime, and I just yeah. I think I was just sort of experimenting with different genres and world mm-hmm. cinema and stuff like that. Um, the thing that I love so much about Princess Mononoke is that it very much follows the hero's journey, yeah. the the archetypal hero's journey, but it does it in a way that the story just veers off into something very different right, right, while right. still adhering to that archetype. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's you know rewatching it again for this podcast. That that's definitely something that hit me uh, right away. Where you know, I, I, you know, as, as many times as I've seen it, I, I probably in the very beginning didn't think about like didn't think about it like that. I, you know, I just thought it was like a cool movie that was just different. Um, but but you know, now when I look at, it, I was like, okay, we're we're hero's journey, but it is it is coming from a different perspective. Like you know, it, it yeah, it, it's kind of. Pulls the rug out from under you just a little bit on that, and really kind of becomes a, a commentary on various things, mm-hmm. um, you know, as 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 well as the hero's journey, and uh, and you know, it's not it's not hero's journey. We all win and, and we're and, and we're happy, you know. It's it's, yeah. it's 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 a little bit darker than that, mm-hmm. you know? uh, and 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 that, and so it, it almost left this movie almost left more of an impression on me. Uh, rewatching it now than it even did uh, previously, you know. Um, yeah. Because be, between now and the last time, you know, I've watched a lot of anime, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, a, lot, a lot of Miyazaki, a lot of Shikoshi Khan, all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, definitely left 
a big impression on me this time and made me think uh, about various other different things this time around. Yeah. I mean, I know that I don't know that I fully understood the the weight of the themes that mm-hmm. Miyazaki was completely going for the first time I saw, it, but it it was just it was such an experience from a visual standpoint and musical standpoint. And it was also unlike anything I'd ever seen. I mean, I'd seen a couple of animes before, but I was still very much used to the American, uh, the way American animators approach animation. Right. And the the style of American animation and right. the storytelling rhythms of American animation. And that's one of the things that's so striking when you start to get into anime and especially when you start to get into Miyazaki because Miyazaki's films, even though this is, I, I forgot how brutal this movie yeah, is for, yeah, yeah. and too, I, I almost forget that it's a PG 13 to yes, a certain extent, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, it's, there's such a gentle nature to the storytelling. There's always a purpose for the way he's, telling a particular story right. and there's such a depth of humanity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's something that you really I really don't feel like we get enough of in traditional animation in oh, yeah. America and it's funny the other animated movie that I did a podcast for this year is The Iron Giant mm-hmm. and that's probably one of the best examples of an American filmmaker uh, really going for very humane but complex right. uh, sort of world building. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned um, uh, how, how brutal it was and forgetting <laughs> about that because my, my older brother, who's got uh, three young, three three young girls, he uh, he was asking me because I, I think there's a theater close to here that's showing, um, you know, doing like a Miyazaki sort yeah. of showing. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was like, can I take my daughter to see Princess Mononoke? Because that's the one he'd heard of, right? Because yeah. it's so popular. And I was like, eh, <laughs> you know, let me rewatch it real quick. Because <laughs> just, just anime in general, right? Like, like, like you said, I mean, it's just, there's, they, <clears throat> it's animation, but, and, and so as, as Americans, you think, oh, well, it's going to be kid stuff, so yeah. I just take my kid to it. But you know it's it's really not, and you know, for, mm-hmm. and it's it's different in, in Japan, and you know, and so you have to kind of be thinking, you know, you have to kind of be a little bit careful about, you know, what what you um, maybe expose your kids right. to in terms in terms of these movies. And so, <laughs> and so I was like, I, I knew, because I, I didn't hadn't I hadn't rewatched it yet, but I knew enough to be able to say, oh, let me let me watch that again. Now that I see <laughs> it again, I'm like, oh no, because I mean, his, his, his daughters are like around the seven eight eight year old range. So, yeah, I mean, that is not going to happen. Um, you know, maybe Kiki's delivery service. Uh, would be mm-hmm. would, would would be more their style, um, but yeah, 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 and uh, and you know I think uh, I think actually probably that's what got me into anime because I'd already watched a lot of traditional American animation, right? You know, and I was uh, you know I was I was one of the people that liked the, the sort of the Disney what was the Disney Power Hour or whatever it was, you know, <laughs> with um, you know um, uh, Ducktales and stuff like that, uh, but. <coughs> Uh, you know, this you know anime was just uh, something totally different. So, so, something that I thought maybe so, something that you kind of can maybe felt when you're watching something like Batman the Animated Series, right? You know, um, and and you know, but 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 even more so, e- even more complex, 
adults even, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, whereas with Batman the Animated Series, even though I could, you could tell that they wanted to go complex, and, and when you start looking at some of the other shows, like Justice League and stuff like that, you can tell like maybe they might start aiming at kids, but by the end of the, sh- the show, you know, they're, 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 they kind of grow with whoever the new mm-hmm. their viewers were at the beginning, and it's more adult, but they're always still kind of having to, to aim for, you know, what if a kid watches this? Whereas, whereas with with this th- with anime for me, it was just like it was just all over the board. They had some mm-hmm. kid related stuff, but the you know a lot a lot of it was 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 meant for adults, and so that's what's probably what struck me the most at the beginning. Um, you know, just watching anime in general, but particularly with this film, you know, and, yeah. and 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 so by watching this film, that got me into spreading spreading out even even more, mm-hmm. you know, into into other films. Yeah. Yeah, and the the thing that's wonderful about Miyazaki and the way he operates is that his his stories are so much there 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 aren't even though we're talking about even though with Manoke we've already we've talked about the fact that it's, it it follows a basic hero's journey yeah. archetype, mm-hmm. but if you watch something and Kiki's delivery service sort of the same type of yeah. thing, but in a different different perspective in a different right. way but if you start to really dig in on my neighbor Totoro and mm-hmm. especially Spirited Away right. you see elements of that but it's such an original piece of storytelling not just in the way that he writes his characters and he treats the development of the characters but just in the way he uses fantasy mixed with reality. Right, right. Yes. And the way he sort of meshes those in a way where it's like the fantasy is, it's part of his real world, but it's just removed from it too. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's an added element without, without being the, the main focus. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and, and so it, you know, and, and the the focus the focus is always character. Uh, you know, I've I've noticed with with his movies and 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 always you know uh, the ca- character development is just it's always front and center. And so you know you ha- you have movies coming out you know live action stuff like that where you can just uh, w- the, where the character development is uh, always sometimes in question, sometimes it's like not yeah. there, sometimes <laughs> like you know. But 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 with him, I mean, that's like the main the main part of it, and it, that that part is front and center, even though you've got potentially crazy visual stuff going on mm-hmm. and all sorts of interesting like um, you know animals and, and characters that that you that you know you could easily get sidetracked dinging into yeah you know um, or or to kind of you know uh, but but it's but 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 that, that doesn't happen you don't get side even though the characters are weird um, almost a little jarring and disturbing perhaps mm-hmm. in the imagery uh, you know you're, you're still transfixed on the main character and the main character's journey so it's, it's a it's a deep blending of these fantastical elements uh, inside this 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 story, you know, mm-hmm. done, done in a way that uh, few people can do. Yeah, and and Manoke is interesting because of the fact that it's it's a movie that very much leans in on the fantasy. Yes, because uh, Ashitaka, the the main character in the movie, when we first see him shortly thereafter. Uh, he he's poisoned with evil mm. um, by a boar god. Yes, yes. That has been 
that that's basically been poisoned by the hate of man, you know, as right. seen by he's he's basically been shot by a he he's basically been shot with a metal with a metal bullet right, right. that is symbolizes the hate of man. And so Ashitaka, while he takes the board down, he he his arm is poisoned mm-hmm. and he's basically told, You're you're going to die. Right, right. And uh you're going to die, so but before before you do, it's up to you to sort of find the root of what caused this. Right, right, right. And that's one of the and you know, with Monoke, it's one of those things where, yes, it leans into the fantasy heavily, and Spirited Away does the same thing. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, you could now with this one, it'd be a bit tougher to remove the fantasy elements. But yeah, you yeah. could do something. You don't necessarily need like the weirder fantasy elements right, of right. the uh, Force Spirit. Uh, later on mm-hmm. in the movie, yeah. and all that in order to really make this movie accessible. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 I agree. Um, and uh, you know, uh, it just, it's just, it's, it's, it's just so interesting because it's, it's like you, you describe the beginning of it, and it's like, okay, well, that, that could be sort of a typical, um, hero's journey type type movie, but it's just. When you watch it, it's it's it's, just, it's, it's like it's there's, there's so many elements, particularly at the beginning, just the way he introduces the character. He's he's introducing so many fantastical elements at the same time. It's uh it, you're just you're just thrust into it, uh, such that you know it just it it doesn't feel even though you can kind of especially if you're looking for it, you can kind of tell it's a it's a hero's journey, but but it just it just never it never feels like it. You yeah. Know? It and and and. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just it's such a deep blend of, of of all these different elements. It's, it's, it really is, uh, you know, awesome. You know, and and the thing that's and the thing that's wonderful is with this one, you never really, you never forget that Achitaka has essentially been sent away to die. Right. Yes. Right, and right, right. you never lose sight of that you, right. because of the fact that you have the writhing of his right, right arm. Right, right. Uh, that you see, and you see how that affects him in battle when he comes across the uh, the soldiers. Sam- mm-hmm. Yeah, the the samurais uh, pillaging the village, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that that was the part where the violence was yeah. like, wow, <laughs> was like, yeah, because because one that. of them I think gets beheaded. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, well, I it's yeah, like, yeah. oh wow, I forgot how brutal this is. Right, right. But yeah, um, and, and, and you know, you think it would have been easy. Uh, for a lesser storyteller to have really kind of just like really drilled in on, you know, him taking down a bunch of guys yeah. and, and, and killing them that way. Uh, but, you know, that it, it shocks you. Uh, and then, like, it just gets blended in as part of the story as, mm-hmm. to, like, you know, his his arm, how much <coughs> pain is causing him. Yeah. You know, what uh, when he reacts to it, you know, that, 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 that sort of deal. You know, just it becomes... It becomes a marker of some sort in, in terms of like where we are in the story, rather than just becoming this sort of gimmick, right? Gimmick sort of right. Thing. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing, and that's I think that's the most important thing about uh, Princess Monoki is that when there is violence yeah. in the movie, 
it's important. Right. It yeah. it's it's taken seriously. Right. It's not gratuitous. It's something that means something to the emotional way of the story. Right, right, right. And you see that from the very beginning with the attack on the, the boar of the boar god mm-hmm. on the vill- Ashitaka's village. And you see that in his confrontation with the samurai. Mm-hmm. And then you see it again um, later on. Right. Yeah, and yeah. you start to see it again and again as he gets deeper into the truth. Right. And it all has it all has a purpose. It all has a service to the emotional truth of the story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you know when I was when I was watching it uh, and I saw the sort of sort of the initial. I think I think the guy gets his hands chopped off first, and then yeah. guy gets his, gets his head chopped off. But, yeah. but 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 when I saw it, you know, you know, I, I, I it was weird because I had this this sort of just a, sort of a mental pause where I was like, well, if I was watching uh, the Matrix or something like that, then you know, it's it would have I would have almost my mind would have almost kind of glossed past it. It would have almost just been like, okay, this is you know, this is a fight. This is one guy taking down a bunch of guys to show to show us cool sequences. Yeah, right. right rather rather than even have necessarily tell us further along the story. It's just to show us a, a cool sequence or show them doing something cool. But in this in this case I was immediately thinking, um, you know, what what is Miyazaki trying to tell me when, you know, he's using this arm specifically. Yeah. Right. To to um, you know, you fire the arrow that chops the guy's head off. You know, mm-hmm. what what is what, what is he trying to tell me with with that? And, you know, and 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 he's really trying to inf- reinforce that you know it's it's the, that the sort of that hate and anger that would would turn you know a, a shot that may not be so so damaging in the very beginning. You know, you know, a, a bow and arrow shot which might not be so damaging to a guy in armor. You know, but in this case, you know, because of the hate that's behind it. Right, you know, it's 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 a beheading maneuver, right? Yeah, it's crazy, right? Uh, and so and so so my mind immediately thought about that. Whereas if it was in another, if this was a fight sequence that you typically see, it would have just glossed over it. And oh so, yeah, and so you know, and but that's like he he got me into that headspace at the very beginning of the because this is you know closer to the beginning of the movie, right? So he right. got me he got me into that headspace at the beginning of the movie. You know, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, which, which, which you know, which, which is cool. I, you know, I, I just for him to kind of bring you there to that place like that. Uh, you know, that's not not every storyteller can do that. Yeah, and and the thing that's the thing that's wonderful about this is when you think about the fantasy world that he's built here. Right. You know, we've seen plenty of movies. We've seen plenty of animated movies where animals talk. Yes, yes, yes. And it's usually just because the animals are the main characters and right. we're supposed to anthropomorphize them right. and, you know, give them human characteristics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And and yet, here we have animals talk mm-hmm. in the board characters, mm-hmm. in the wolves, and in all of these characters, and yet we don't blink an eye. It's remarkable to me that it's like, I don't when I look at these characters, when I hear these characters talking, I'm not thinking about the traditional what we typically see right. in animated or even fantasy worlds where animals talk. Right, yeah. It serves a purpose. These are just characters the same way that human characters are. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's almost like the the intention it was for us not to anthropomorphize mm-hmm. these, the you know was was to always kind of maintain that the animal aspect of it. it you know it was, it was interesting, and it may, I'm not sure if this was an element of the animation or if this was on purpose. 
um, I'm thinking it was made on purpose, is that it almost, it almost sounds, when you watch the movie and, and, and the animals are speaking, it almost sounds like it's difficult and unnatural yeah. for, for, for them to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, almost as if, like, you know, by, by default, that's not the way that they would choose to communicate. But because they're communicating with, with, with humans, you know, that's, this, this is what they're doing. There's also, a, you know, a, a couple of cases, or, or I know at least one, um, when we watched the movie, where, you know, there are two animals... This is when the wolves, uh, the wolf is meeting the elk. Yeah. T- 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 towards the end of the movie, uh, and you know they they kind of sniff each other and do the usual animal to animal greeting. Yeah. Right. Right. And they're not they're not talking it out. You mm-hmm. know, like, like you might see in like a you know like like a Lion King or something like that. Uh, and so and so yeah so you know he's you know without really telling you, he's kind of showing you how. He wants you to view the animals. You know, it's they, mm. they are they're, they're they're animals first, who are with a struggle talking and communicating with humans. Yeah, know? and yet it's it's interesting because of the fact that one of the things that you notice is when one of the things that we notice is that whenever the animals are poisoned mm-hmm. or attacked in a way that you know they're they would basically humanity has basically killed them. They they sort of revert back to their more animalistic mm-hmm. tendencies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They they really stop communicating with you know human speech, right? And they basically res- they they revert back to being fully animals, right? 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 And it's kind of interesting that when that Miyazaki would make that choice that when they when his animal characters are you know basically attacked and you know shot mm-hmm. by humanity that they would they would lose any humanity that he's imbued in them through the writing of these characters and they basically just become mindless beasts again right 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 yes yeah, so it's almost as if uh you know um um, perhaps a, a layer of showing the effect that you know humans can have on on you know animals, the environment. It's like you know when when humans inflict themselves on these animals, uh, that causes a, a perversion of some sort. You know, right? You know, and the, you have it. You have it much. Uh, it's, it's very very prominent, of course, at the beginning with the the boar that's been, you know, turned into this, uh, you know, mindless monster. You know? Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, but even in small ways, this you know when when humans inflict themselves on this natural nature balance, <coughs> you know, uh, we see you know what was once perhaps graceful great creatures, and that's the, you know this is even sort of the overarching theme of like the, uh, the 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 big spirit of the forest. You know what what was once graceful beautiful creature, yeah, is now you know something that returns to a basic, more destructive type instinct. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that leads us into the primary theme of the movie and the primary narrative uh, thrust of the movie, which is this whole idea of the industrial industrialization mm-hmm. and human progress mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the way, it, the way it affects nature. Mm-hmm. When we go to... In, when we go to industrialize, when we go to try to build up our our world without 
really thinking of the natural world and the effects of the natural world. Right, right, right. And, you know, it's funny because of the fact that we're still having this debate about climate change and Mm -hmm. the climate crisis. And, uh, I mean, this is, it's still, it's, it's, it's depressing that we haven't gotten further in the discussion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's so brilliant on Miyazaki's part that it's bold that he would choose that type of idea yeah. for one of his movies. And it's brilliant because of the fact that he did, he's done it in a way that grounds it emotionally. Mm-hmm. And the thing about uh, Lady Eboshi who runs the uh, mill, the the mine, yep. the and the the city where the bullet came from? You can kind of see her to a certain extent. You can kind of see her perspective on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's looking out for her people, right? But at the same time, the way she goes about it is corrupted. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's and we, we also when you think about like history about you know. Um, uh, you know, Europeans coming to America and, you know, you have Native American Indians who who maybe have, you know, uh, almost, you know, religiously uh, imbued the land with certain, uh, you know, properties, mm-hmm. spiritual properties and stuff like that. You know, and then, you know, they they come in and stomp on everything, right? <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, and, so, and so, you know, that is, is almost that same sort of battle uh, that's kind of now kind of morphed into sort of a climate cl- climate change battle, right? But it's almost for me, it almost is almost the same sort of you know kind of mental uh, d- dichotomy there, yeah. you know. Um, and so, and and yet and yeah, and so you know it is it you know this this is an interesting uh, presentation for uh, you know that 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 concept, and and you know and it is it's, it's uh, when when I was finished watching the movie. You know, I mean, I'm I'm a computer science guy, and so and you know, so I'm all about uh, computers and, and progress and stuff like that. You know, but, I, but I'm also so concerned about climate change. I know some people believe in it, some people don't. Um, you know, but it concerns me that mm-hmm. you know polar ice caps are melting. You know, yeah. But you know, that's obviously a change, right? Yeah. Uh, so what is that change going to mean? Can we even really know all the ramifications and effects that that could possibly happen? Uh, and but 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 would I want to stop progress? For that, you know, mm-hmm. is an interesting question, and you know, I don't, you know, when I when I think about it, and what kind of what this movie made me think about, it, it's like, um, you know, it was presenting. He was like, he didn't say, um, uh, okay, you know, the, the nature people want out, right? Yeah, and and the 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 industrial people are gonna go away, right? Mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, the forest is gonna go back to its, you know, that's that's not what he said. You know, they, I mean, you know, they were they're they're going to rebuild, make the place even better. Right, mm-hmm. and so there was this idea that was that, and and, and you know, so so it's like their place was destroyed, and they had to rebuild, and the forest was kind of back in balance, um, sort of, but you know, the 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 whole the forest spirit, of the forest was was dead too. So 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 it was like there were there was permanent effects left by what happened, mm-hmm. and there was still this thought of like both sides are going to still need to try to figure out how to live in balance. Yeah. Right? And 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 no, and there was no sort of clean answer to any of those questions. Mm-hmm. Similar to kind of like how, how we have now, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. So 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 yeah, it 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 did make me think about that. It did make me think, you know, it's like I mean, I, it's it's, it's you can't trade one for the other. You got mm-hmm. to try to make try try to live in balance with that. But 
but this balance looks like it looks different for everybody. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and 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 everyone's just going to kind of keep going down their lanes of progress, and so you're almost all going to almost certainly going to end up at, at a clash again. You know, you mm-hmm. can almost think Princess Mononoke too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know the the Titans reclash. You know, mm-hmm. something, something of that nature. Um, so 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 you know so so the ending, although was kind of cool, and you know every everybody was kind of okay. Uh, it felt a little bit ominous to me. It's like you know, it's like mm-hmm. we're we're gonna end up in that place again. It's only a matter. Of well, time. and you and you certainly hope, and you sort of might maybe get a little bit of an impression that maybe Lady Iboshi is in a more understanding place, right? right. Of what. Of the destruction that they were causing, right, 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 because it, it did come to, you know, it, there was there was a cost to her, yeah, to, to the actions that, that she did, yeah, which, which I thought was a good piece of the storytelling, yeah, mm-hmm. and and the fact of the matter is, it's like you really, it really was the, the, it really boiled down to the the armies. And and the and Jigo, mm-hmm. uh, the who was voiced by Billy Bob Thornton in the English dub, um, he he's sort of manipulating all of mm. both of those sides right, right, to right. where for his own purposes, and right. he doesn't care. Right, he doesn't care. Right, he yeah. he he's he's almost sociopathic in a way. Right, right, right. Where it's right. like he you know he he sees. Ashitaka take out the samurais early on in the movie. Mm-hmm. He sees that as he he sees Ashitaka as somebody who might benefit him down the road. Right, right, right. right. And it's it's sort of the same way with him. His his character is somebody who doesn't change. I mean, that's that's not a knock on the character. That's a it's sometimes you need characters like that who are basically resolutely who they are right, right. in order to speak about particular things that you're wanting to do with regards to the thematic heft of your movie. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it, it actually makes sense in terms of the, the debate as well. You know, there are, there are sides of the debate that, you know, if, if it, you know, if you could make money you mm-hmm. know, um, um, in terms of doing all the right things in climate change, then, you know, you'd have these certain group of people on, on your <coughs> side, you know, so, so, so a certain group of people who are just opportunistic, you yeah. know, in terms of, in, in terms of, so, so, you know, so you've got this perspective of, um, uh, what's her name, San? The, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, and then, so you have her perspective, um, Ashitaki's perspective, you have uh, Iboshi's perspective, you know, uh, and then, you know, Jigo's perspective, you know, and so, so but they're all kind of, they're all kind of representative parts of these uh, parts of the conversation, right? You know, uh, and so and so and so yeah. So you know, he he actually fit as, as part of the conversation, and and, and, and you know, the, like the last scene with his character, where it's like, well, you know, it's it's not like this side one or that side one. It's like I don't see an opportunity here anymore. You yeah. Know? So so <laughs> I'm, I'm out to the next yeah. opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily caring who 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 won or lost, and that is representative of a certain um, you know type of people. In that in that debate, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, he he's also, I mean, he and he's also responsible for probably one of the more haunting images in the movie, which is when he's leading and he's leading some of the soldiers to take the head of the spirit of the forest, mm-hmm. 
they they use dead boar skin oh, to cover yeah. their tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that image is just so haunting. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so disturbing that yeah. they would do that. Like it makes my it makes my skin crawl anytime I see it. It's like oh yeah God. yeah yeah actually um yeah because I. Cause like you know, I I'd remembered because it'd been a while since I seen the movie, so when I watched yeah. it, I'd remember certain things, didn't remember other things, um, but that I did remember as like being one of the scarier things, yeah. you know, from from it. And yeah, it is it is, you know, because it, it, it it's, it's interesting too, because I mean, it, it even works in the story well, where you know the um uh the the the, the boar, the big boar god, whatever yeah. his name is, o- Otaku or o- Okoto or something like that, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he um. You know, he's like, oh, these, you know, he's like, you know, my, my dead warriors have come yeah. back. You know, and, and and they actually do look dead. They actually do look like kind of kind of zombies. You know. Well, yeah, because yeah. they they yeah, yeah. the eyes are gone. Right, right, right. It's like so, so, they've so, been skinned. Is what they've been done. Right, What's right. happened? Right, right. So so, <laughs> so then when they say, oh well, you know, it's this human's wearing the yeah. skin. It's just like so so it's already I'm already like weirded out because it's like zombie boars, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but there's like humans wearing the skin. I was like, oh, wow, you know, this really looks weird. And just, mm-hmm. and just, just the way he has to move, you know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, that's definitely one of, you know, there's, there's, there's um, disturbing images throughout. Oh, yeah. You know, the thing, but it's almost, it's almost like, you know, he can, he can make uh, that stuff more disturbing than mm-hmm. a guy getting his head chopped off. A guy getting his yeah. head, head chopped yeah. off is actually much easier to watch. Oh yeah, than, 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 and, than and I mean even even Ashitaka's uh, writhing arm. I oh, mean yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's that's you know I mean that yes it's it's curdling to watch. Right, it's right. upsetting to watch, and you feel you. That's the great. That's the amazing thing about Miyazaki's animation. Mm-hmm. And I mean Miyazaki is somebody who he hand drew everything. Yeah. I mean. Now I know I think this was the first time he had used some CGI yeah, yeah, in making the movie. Mm-hmm. Um Blitz but well. at the same time it's just such a there's such a singular focus to his his vision. Right, right. And where yeah, it's like you have these curdle, you have these moments like the writhing, you know, in the arm, you have the beheading. Mm. And yeah, that's the most upsetting part is the fact that um Otoku uh thinks that his his mm-hmm, army mm-hmm. is coming back from the dead. And right. Otoku Utoku at that point is he's basically blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see him you see, you see the sort of pus coming mm-hmm. out of his mm-hmm. eyes and mm-hmm. covering his eyes, and it's really, it's such an upsetting sight. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's like it's like that is something where it's like that's something you would see in nature. Right, that's right. that's not the work of. It's not something you would just see in a fantasy movie. It's right, something right. you would see in nature. Right, 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 right. And that's one of the most, and that's part of what makes it so upsetting. Right, right. Yeah, no, yeah. It's it's a very uh, organic, you yeah, know, um, uh, imagery. You know, uh, you know, a very organicness to 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 the the imagery, even though it's, it's fantasy. You know, it's not. It's, 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 there's no clean lines there, you know. It's always it's you know, and but 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 it's very much representative of of, of nature, you know. And, yeah. And and you, you know if you, if you look at 
various insects and leaves and stuff like that, you know, you see things that are visually disturbing, you know, mm -hmm. because, because and, and they're kind of meant to be, right? Yeah. Um, because, you know, because they, they might be warding off other animals or that, or that, that sort of neat, neat thing. But, you know, to, um, you know, and I, I'm not sure if, like, if that's, if, if the animal aspect of that, you know, the nature aspect of that is really where he was going, because he has that type of imagery in his, his other movies. Oh, yeah. You know, that, the sort of organic imagery, but it just, it works really well there. You know, since since it's so such about you know nature and stuff like that, yeah. You, know, you have this organic style imagery, um, you blended in with this 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 type of story. It, it works well there. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, there there are images in this movie I've never forgotten oh, since yeah. I saw it twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you have the little I don't I don't know what they're called the little clicking the white oh, little clicking yeah. uh, uh yeah like called. yeah bugs or insects yeah. or something. They're basically like insects. But I mean, they're they're not bad insects. Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're just they're, like they're, they're kind of humanoid though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so yeah. Um, and then just and then the Nightwalker oh, is yeah. mm -hmm. just stunning. Oh, it's it's one of the most beautiful images I, I think I've ever seen in a movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's such a haunting moment. It, it's so haunting when you see the spirit of the forest evolve. Yeah, and yeah, and seeing him evolve into that. And uh, you you see his walking and stuff, and and the uh, score by Joe Hiyashi mm -hmm. is it's such such a remarkable score. Like I basically was listening to it all the time after I watched it. Right, right, like, right. Like I that that score's always been a favor of mine. Right, and it's such a beautiful score, and the way he the the way he builds themes, the way he. Uh, Uses orchestrations and percussion is just wonderful. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and so before 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 we get into the music, because I did want to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> um, I didn't think about it until until we started talking about it. But what you know, I'm, I'm wondering what the the concept was behind the transformation of, mm -hmm. of the forest spirit from you know the big elk thing. Right. To the monster, like, uh, well, I mean, at, at the end, it's a monster because he gets his head chopped off. But yeah, but but he's actually, but it, you know, typically it's like elf guy, which is a good, which is a good guy. Yeah. So, well, neutral guy, but right, like, neutral but right. good. Um, <laughs> but and then big, you know, night beast, mm -hmm. but still neutral but good. Yeah. You know? uh, and and so uh, you know, and so it just just occurred to me, it's like, why does he transform? You know, I I think it's just night and day. Cause I mean I I think it's just it's just he takes on one per one one uh, persona during the day where it's possible that maybe humans could see him, mm -hmm. and then you know at night he's sort of himself mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. uh, which I mean I I think that's basically what boils down to it's right. um. And such and yeah, I mean after after the head is chopped off, it becomes very nightmarish. Right, 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 right. And the imagery at that moment combined with the music is just breathtaking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh like that those that that cute that series of that combination of animation and music is one of the most amazing pieces of storytelling and Fancy filmmaking I've ever seen. Right, right, right. Yeah, I feel you. And and the uh, the, the composer, um, uh, does he does he do all Miyazaki films? 
I think so. Because uh, yeah, I, I, I know he did Spirited Away. Right. Uh, and, and my my favorite Miyazaki score is actually um, Castle in the Sky. Okay. Uh, and uh, which I wish is just awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, which and I think it's the same the same composer. Um, and uh, and and so yeah. So you know, but and I, and I, I kind of felt like there are elements of of that in um, the uh, you know the the, the Princess Mononoke um, score. Uh, but yeah, I mean. You know, I, I whenever whenever I watch a Miyazaki film, I definitely come come out of it uh, humming the theme. Uh, yeah. But even more so, uh, I think than than in other cases where I might hear like a, a nice hook or something like that, uh, just because um, in my mind I'm I'm marrying an, an emotional, visually. Uh, interesting, stunning in some way. Stunning, right. stunning, but could, could still be disturbing. But you know, yeah. stunning some way it, with with that you know um, theme that, that I'm humming in my mind. It's just you know, it it always feels like because there's there's a lot of great Japanese um, you know composers and there's a lot of good anime with a lot of good scores. Yeah, uh, and you know uh, a lot, but, but but for a lot of them, I'm just kind of remembering the the beat or something like that, you know, and enjoying it. But in this case. Uh, it, I, I always get an emotionally soaring type feeling yeah. when I'm when I'm when, when I'm um, remembering the, the theme or something like that. Yeah, and it's funny because of the fact that with this uh, revisiting of 1999, yeah. I'm I'm sort of thinking as far as like, you know, what would you know? I I thought about the Oscars at that point, but it's like, what would I what would I think as far as like how would I look at the Oscars now? How would I? look at certain categories. Now, sometimes they've kind of stayed the same, but with regards to score, I I've got to say Mononoke is probably the best score of 1999 and mm. that's that that's not a small achievement when you're considering the fact that I I still adore the score for American Beauty. Oh, yeah, I I yeah, still yeah. I nice. I will defend the score for the fan mez even if I oh, yeah, don't really like a lot of the rest of the movie. Right, um, the Fight Club score is amazing. Oh, the, Fight Club uh, the use good. of the use of underscore nice white shot is great. Oh, oh gosh! But um, was, was Fight Club I that? yeah. Oh God, I'm old. Oh, there's there's an ins- <laughs> oh God, yeah, there, dude, it was, it was an insane year. Yeah, it was an insane um, year. But uh, I I have to say, like, I think when it comes to the emotional connection it brings to the images, yes, I I think Princess Mononoke is 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 as good, if not better, than all all of those. Right, right, and that's. Again, that's no small feat because right, right, right. all of those soundtracks are pretty great. Right. Um, and and uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, how, how much do you feel? Because you know th- those sort of things are always a collaboration. And so, how much do you feel that was like Miyazaki versus uh, Joe, whatever his last name is? Uh, you know, just just in terms of the, the the blending of that, you know, do you, do was do you think it was like Miyazaki saying kind of like I need this, this, this? Oh no, that's not quite. Right. I that's not quite I would right imagine. Either. I mean, especially well, actually, let me let me uh, look at it right quick because yeah. I am curious to see how much of uh, how much of um, Miyazaki's work he's done. Let me see here. 
Let me try to get to this as quick as it's possible so we don't have too much dead air. Mm. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Ponyo um, mm. spirited away. It looks, oh, wow, looks like he didn't do Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, oh, Princess okay. Mononoke, My Neighbor Totoro. So he didn't do Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, uh, looks like he did not do Castle in the Sky though. Okay. Oh wait a minute. Yeah. Let me let me look up as composer. That might be different. Um, okay, let's see. Where are we? Okay, yeah, I think as yeah, I, I it might be just because of uh soundtracks. Oh, that that okay. might be what that is. Uh cuz yeah, he did okay. So yeah, he he probably did do um all of uh Miyazaki's work. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah. Yep, he he service, yep. Mm -hmm. Valley of the Wind, which is a good one as well. Yeah. Um, uh although let me see. I don't think Okay, he didn't do uh he okay, he didn't do um Castle Cagliostro, which I actually oh. just watched. Well, um but that wasn't it was it's it's entertaining. It's on yeah. Netflix. Okay. Um well, yeah, you, you can definitely tell it's early Miyazaki. It doesn't right. really have his signature in a whole lot of areas. Right. Um but yeah, so I, I think when you have a I mean, when you have a collaboration that goes that deep and that long, I mean, you know, think think about John Williams and Steven yeah. Spielberg or right, right. John John Williams and George Lucas and yep. basically like composers who Hans Zimmer and Ridley Scott is a good example. Right. Uh Tim Burton and uh Danny Elfman. Yeah. Um anytime you have that long of a collaboration, I I think it does truly become a genuine collaboration. It's not like, oh, hey, so here, here's the film. Let me see what you do. I think you are probably, as a director, you're probably talking about ideas. You're probably talking about things that you want to hear, and you're talking about the emotional underpinnings of the movie in a pretty big way. Right, right, right. Um and I, I have, I would be surprised if it's not the exact same way with uh, them. Right, right, yeah. And also, uh, I was just looking it up. Um, another collaboration, uh, anime related, um, uh, Shikoshi Khan and uh, Hirasawa. I forgot wow. what his first name is. Uh, so Shikoshi Khan, you know, uh, yeah. passed away, but. Millennium Actress, Paranoia Agent, which is really good, mm -hmm. um, and Paprika, which I absolutely love. It's probably one of my favorite dessert. Um, yeah, he, uh, you know, that was a that was a collab, another deep uh, collaboration right. where, where, you know, um, where the music is is, you you, you know, I I don't get the same feeling as as I do with um, Miyazaki, but um, it, it is you you could definitely tell like. They they meshed well, you know. <coughs> right. In terms of, in, in terms of their style, oh yeah, you know, and 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 they they achieved something that was greater than the sum of its parts. Even even yeah. if it doesn't quite have the same emotional mm -hmm. pull, you know. Well, and I think that's partially because of the type of filmmaker that Satoshi Khan was. I right. mean, he he was very much he he was very much somebody who really was 
leaned it more into genre. Yes, yes. And the the storytelling mechanics. Right, right. Then I mean, and that's not a bad thing. I oh, love no, no. Satoshi oh, Khan. Yeah, no, uh he's he's one of my absolute favorite filmmakers, probably. Um and uh but he's he's somebody who thought more about genre and storytelling right. conventions and he how to break them. Right, right. Because right. I mean you you brought up Paprika, you brought yeah, yeah. Millennium Actors, Perfect Blue, Perfect his Blue, yeah. debut was a great example of that too. I mean, I think yeah. the only movie of his that was relatively traditional in terms of its storytelling is Tokyo Godfathers. Right. Which is um, which is fantastic. Uh but yeah, I mean, and but Miyazaki, it's it's very clear. Any of the movies that you watch of Miyazaki's, there's there's a an emotional component to that movie that is essential. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, there are some of them. I, admittedly, like I I kind of need to revisit Howl's Moving Castle because yes, I rem- I remember when we didn't when we saw it. Right. Uh, I wasn't quite as enamored with it. Right, right, right. right. Um, I'm, I'm definitely curious to see how I feel about it now. Mm-hmm. And I think I was kind of that way, but it was still very early on in uh, Castle in the Sky. But I think that one I'll definitely appreciate a lot more now. Right. Um, but I mean, the thing, the thing that's great about Miyazaki and the way he uses... I mean, he he's somebody who works he who thinks about genre as well, but he works primarily in fantasy. Yeah, yeah. And he works primarily, and he he's somebody who he he thinks about fantasy with regards to the emotional story that he's trying to tell. Right. And it it isn't necessarily a typical good versus evil. I mean, even Princess Mononoke, we've talked about. The, the different perspectives mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. in that story, it's still not necessarily good versus evil, heroes versus villains. Right, right. Because any, any really, because you can kind of see how, you, you can almost see how any of the sides are, you, you can see why the other sides don't necessarily trust each other. Right, yeah. And that, and that's one of the things that's, so striking about the way he builds stories and the way he builds worlds. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just mentioned that. I, I had, uh, somebody had forgotten at the end of the film where, you know, it's like there's, you know, part of it is like boy meets girl. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> and, you know, but, but, but it's, it's lopsided. I mean, he clearly likes her more than she likes him. And, and, you know, she doesn't, it's not like they go off and be together. You right. Know? You know, she's, she's, uh, and w- which is part of kind of sort of, sort of the underscoring of, um, just how, how much each side doesn't trust each other and how much, yeah, how much, you know, space there is between the, the mindsets of, of, of each side and how almost impossible it might be to bring any, everybody together to the table to come to some sort of agreement. You know, she says that, you know, she just can't forgive humans and, and, and hates humans yeah. and stuff like that. And you know she's and she she's willing to have him visit her and all that sort of thing, but you know mm. it's not a uh, a love story where he ends up with a girl and they kind of walk off hand. No, in hand. you know no. It is, it is she is you know she is representative of uh, you know nature, you know the, the viewpoint of nature. Yeah, you know, knowing that human beings are just going to be destructive towards it no matter what, even at their best. You know? Yeah, 
and, and they just can't, there can only be so much trust there, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, it's just, it's just a mark of good storytelling when, you know, they, they don't let, you know, that, that they, they don't let that break, you know, that's like that, yeah. that, that is, that is it. That is their, the motivation for the character mm-hmm. is not going to get muddled. And we're going to push that out all the way to the end, see it all the way to the end for that character and break the typical trope that you see with boy, boy yeah. and girl. Yeah. Bon, yeah, and, and a lesser filmmaker would play it out with right. Ashitaka and San mm-hmm. ending up together at the end. And, you know, San really represent. you're right, she does represent nature. Yeah. And the thing, and you're right, she doesn't trust mankind mm-hmm. because because of her deep um her her living with the wolves right, and right. her being so close to nature she's seen the ugliness of man right, right. when it comes to nature right. and it it it's a credit to and you're basically the if and Miyazaki's basically getting you know it's you're right it's not necessarily a trem- traditional ro- romance mm-hmm. nor should it really be because right, of right. the fact that yes it's obvious that he has more strong feelings for her but it's also obvious that she doesn't trust him because he she just sees another human right right you know even if she doesn't necessarily and it takes your, the point you're getting to, to them being they're going to at the end of this movie. They're it's not going that they end up together romantically. It's that they are a possible bridge towards man and nature coexisting strong stronger right, right, than yeah, they yeah. were before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, then, and yeah, the, the male lead I think is just the the the, the representative, um, you know, of that of that bridge because you know he he cares about her. Right. He also cares about the Iron Town, you know. Yeah. You know, and and he's he's you know he, he's the one saying you know we've got to try to figure out a way to live together, you know, sort of sort, sort mm-hmm. of deal. Um, you know, but it, what, what's interesting also, just thinking about it, um, is, uh, so so you have the the view the nature viewpoint, but we're being shown it through the eyes of a, a human. You yeah. Know? You know, and and you know, it's it's a human that was raised by wolves, whatever. Uh, so you know, she's 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 on that side for sure. You know, no, no mm-hmm. doubt about that. But we are still being shown that side through the eyes of a human. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm curious as to why that choice was made. Was was it just made to make it a little bit more accessible? Because if you're just shown that eye, shown that through the eyes of say, uh, what was the wolf's name? Moro, uh, I think was the name of it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if you were just shown it through the wolf's eyes or maybe the boar's eyes or something like that, would it have not had the same effect? You know, does, does, does showing it through the eyes of a human humanize it enough to make it accessible enough so that you could see yourself coming from their standpoint? I think, I think it probably was an accessibility aspect of mm-hmm. it. And I also think it is having that bond and having that potential for them to love one another as a character as mm-hmm. characters even if they even if it doesn't become a full-blown love story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think is kind of important because he kind of did the same thing in spirited away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um and that was another example where it's like 
you know, you have the it's it's not going to be a romantic connection, right. but it's going to be an emotional connection with these two characters. And I think that if you don't necessarily get that, if you just have the wolves, if you just have the boars, right, right. Having I think having a human who's lived with nature and has. I, I think it, it, it makes them sort of a reliable witness. Right, right, right. In terms of storytelling. Right, right. I feel that. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, because if it had just been like, you know, a, a, an animal, because I mean, he already had him and his elk, which was clearly, you know, his yeah. best pal, you know. Yeah. So, so it would have, <laughs> uh, you know, he would have died for that thing, right? So, 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 you know, it, it would have been hard to escape the sort of, Man and his dog, man and his horse, right? You know, um, aspect of it. If you didn't have, you know, this, yeah, a, a human character representing nature, yeah, um, you know, uh, and so, you know, uh, and so, so, yeah, so, you know, that uh, perhaps it, in a, make it more accessible, but also <laughs> make it um, such that you could have the the main character, you know, be in love with nature in that, and in, in more such in a way than you know a person that's just loving their dog. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, we're we're you know we're living you know in we're living in an, an age right now uh-huh. where computer technology and CGI and computer effects are as sophisticated as, as they've ever been, uh-huh. and they're capable of showing us so many more sites as they've ever been, and we've seen Disney do live action remakes of films. Yes. Now I know Disney does not have a stake in Miyazaki's films anymore. They're right. independently owned now. Uh but the thing, you know, the thing is it's like I can't imagine ever seeing any even with the abundance of human characters mm-hmm. in his movies and especially in this movie, mm. I can't imagine what it would look like in live action. Yeah, um, that's not to say that somebody won't try it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think it would be, you know, I think he's taking advantage of some of the the warmth that you get from the two D animation. Yeah, uh, you know, in in in, in his characters, uh, and, and and you know, even like the the little the forest. Yeah. Whatever they are, yeah. you know how they how they kind of fade into the background mm-hmm. sometimes and stuff like that. You know, uh, very very difficult to do on on, on the CG side. Uh, you know, but but an easy technique to take advantage of. Right. Know, on the on the on the two D side, uh, and so to try to, I mean, you could certainly draw, you know, and model all the stuff that that, that yeah. you put in there uh, to capture sort of the visual warmth and the the color. That, that 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 he's doing, uh, and and to have that bring out the right emotion without looking synthetic, uh, would be very difficult to do. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I I, I guess we have the tech. Uh, you know, it would it would be it would probably take a lot of time and money. Yeah. To to, to really um, figure out how to capture that in a consistent way. And uh, the thing is, it's funny because of the fact that I think this is part of the reason that. You know, I mean, Hollywood's been trying for like twenty years to do a live action version of Akira, yeah. and nobody's been able to get to the finish line. And right. I think it's exactly the same thing you're talking about. Where it's like right. we certainly have the technology to do this, right. to do this type of imagery. I just, I, 
A, it would be prohibitively expensive, I think. Yeah. And B, I just and it's that warmth. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, it's like I think if anybody were to try to do Monoke in live action, I I would worry that it would look too dark. Yeah. And the thing is, this yes, this has dark material in it. Oh, yeah, it has definitely. dark subject matter in it mm-hmm. and dark imagery. Mm-hmm. It's not a dark movie. Like, it really isn't. And, I mean, Spirited Away is the same thing, where it's like, yeah, there's kind of upsetting imagery in those movies. Mm -hmm. It's not a dark movie. Mm -hmm. It's not a movie that I feel like, oh, my God, that's unnerving. I mean, I feel unnerving in some of those scenes because of what they do to me emotionally. Mm -hmm. It's not because of the fact that I think the imagery looks dark or... Disturbing, or, or, right? Right, or, or, they're, or they're really trying to push a dark theme on you, or, yeah. You know, or someone is so you know emotionally distraught that you know you're, you're getting in their head and you're just you're there with them, and you know, it's it's it's, it's not it's, it's not that. So, so yeah, it's, it's interesting to see to have a movie where people are getting stuff cut off them, yeah, <laughs> you know, and not say that it's that, that it's a dark movie, but that's I mean, that's 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 Miyazaki, I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's almost you know, and it's so. You know, and it's the same thing where you, like when my brother's thinking, oh, you know, I, sh-, it's it's almost like, you know, I should be able to show this to my girls because it's it's like when I see the imagery for the movie, yeah, you know, how could this possibly be dark? Yeah, know? or how could this possibly <laughs> have a disturbing scene in it? Right. You know? But you you have to you have to know kind of Miyazaki to know like this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is he can sh- have you disturbing show you disturbing stuff. And and not have it feel disturbing in any of the imagery, right? Or, or you know, or at least an initial impression. You know, not 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 have any of the typical imagery associated with the movie. Yeah. You know, you know, be be dark. You know, it's just you just wouldn't think it wouldn't be for kids. You know, even though mm-hmm. it's not. Um. And so yeah. So yeah. It, yeah. And so yeah. So it, it it would be definitely be a worry for me too. You know, it's like, it's like if you're gonna transfer it to do live action, unless unless you were like really deep into Miyazaki, your first thought might be just to say, okay, well, this is just going to be a dark movie. And, yeah. And a sad story. Yeah. You know, where, where it's, but it's not. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, do you, th- I, I would probably say live action or animation, regardless of which version you're talking about, what uh, medium you're talking about, I, I feel like Miyazaki is probably the best fantasy filmmaker we've ever seen. Hmm. I, I, mm. it, there are very few filmmakers, I think, that the only one I can come up with that's probably close is Peter Jackson yeah. with regards to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Even yeah. if The Hobbit movies aren't great, which they're not, right. he's still continued to build that world. Right, right, right. I mean, I feel like that's really like he's really the only person that's come close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, see, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we've, you know, also we've, we've, you know, it's kind of been unfortunate that we've not really had that many great fantasy movies. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, in and of itself. Um, uh, although hopefully that that might be changing after after Lord of the Rings and and, and, and Game of Thrones, you know, I mean Game of Thrones yeah. is not Lord of the Rings level fantasy. It's not you know certainly right. not Miyazaki level fantasy. Um, but uh, but you know it is it is it, it is fantasy ish. Um, 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you, you know, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's <laughs> definitely not another, you know, Satoshi's Khan is coming from a different standpoint. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the director that does, um, uh, Attack on Titan and, um, Cabernary, he's coming from a different standpoint as well. So, so yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, quite, quite, quite possibly. <laughs> you know, fantasy? Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and, and the thing is, it's like, I love The Dark Crystal. Right. I, I love the movie, did The Dark Crystal. I love what I've seen of Age of Resistance. I haven't watched all of it yet. Right. But at the same time, it's like, it's, and the 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 world building, I think, is probably comparable, yeah, even definitely. if the narrative is not. Right, right, definitely. Uh, but I definitely, I do feel like the world building is probably comparable. But yeah, the narrative is, in that is pretty simplistic and yeah. both simplistic and complicated right, right because right. there are moments in dark crystal that are just like the ending of that movie is just as insane as any yeah, ending yeah, i've yeah, ever yeah. seen <laughs> um right right you know um you know th- th- so there's some up-and-comers like uh uh rebecca sugar with steven universe uh she uh I would consider that to be uh, fantasy. Um, okay. And, you know, uh, I mean, I guess some people probably wouldn't, but uh, it, it is it is to me. And uh, imagery and, 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 and the thought that goes behind it uh, is, is, <coughs> is pretty amazing. I mean, there, yeah. there, there, there is an amazing level of storytelling that's going on there. The guys that did um, The Last Airbender as well, you know mm. that definitely yeah. You know, you, that's, that's definitely fantasy there, mm. and uh, and you can and definitely you can tell. I mean, they're they're going deep. I mean, they're they're pulling from anime influences yeah. all over the place, right? Yeah, uh, I I I forgot about that one because I have seen a couple of episodes of the uh, original animated series, right, right, um, and uh, not just the ridiculous M Night Shyamalan movie, <laughs> but um, yeah, we, don't, we don't talk about that. No, yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> So, um, so, so yeah, you're seeing, you're seeing some, uh, some interesting storytelling there, uh, yeah. you know, uh, f- fantasy wise, uh, but in terms of like established, um, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure about Rebecca Sugar, but I know the two guys behind The Last Airbender are definitely reaching for Miyazaki, yeah. you know, uh, not, not quite getting him yet, you mm-hmm. know, but re- reaching for him. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh. And, and so yeah, so I think there's there's some up and comers that, that can get there, but in terms of being established, yeah, I think I think Miyazaki is probably the one. What what is outside Miyazaki? I mean, you've already name checked a few. What yeah. are some of your favorite uh, animes? Oh, good lord! I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't have to be yeah. comprehensive because yeah, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> Lord knows we've talked about a lot, yeah, but yeah. Uh, be comprehensive, we'd be here all yeah. day. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, and, and it's, it's like time periods and, and, and time frames for it, but you know, um, I mean, pr- probably one of my favorites of all time is uh, uh, um, uh, Geass, which uh, um, which is a it's it's it's, it's got um, robots in it, but um, it is uh, it's a very very deep story mm-hmm. uh, and and a very interesting premise of of a um, a, a guy who can ha- um, control other people. But he he can only do it like once. Okay. Um. And so, and so if and so it, it just raises questions as to and he uses that to like try to take over the world, right? Uh. But mm. so but it raises questions as to like, if you had that power, what would you do? Yeah. You know. Um. So Kogias is one. 
Um, Attack on Titan, of course, is is, is one, um, and that's just that's just some of the best storytelling, narratively speaking, I've seen in a very long time. Uh, it is brutal, um, but but uh, it is uh, it's just it's just amazing. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Um, Wish on a Robin, which we've talked about yeah. before. Um, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, mm. You know, uh, which you know, of course, amazing soundtrack. Yeah. Some, some, some of the ones that you know people might not even think that I would like, but K on, which is about um, uh, a, a music club, after school music club. Saki, which is about mahjong, but it has a really interesting soundtrack. Huh. Um, Kakiguri, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm probably butchering that. It's a, it's a gambling anime. Um, okay, <clears throat> it's on Netflix. Spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, great visuals. Uh, one or two more. Uh, Marshall successor Nadesco, which is uh, sort of back in the more, more the '90s time frame, but it was a very good, sh- very good show. And um, Samurai Champlo. Mm-hmm. Uh, still need to watch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still need yeah. to rewatch all of uh, Cowboy Bebop. All right, but right. yeah, especially and we need to talk about that. Yeah, cause especially <laughs> since the live action is coming out. Maybe we yeah. can talk about it when that's. That's coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and and, and it's uh, like it's, it's been interesting too because it's been, it's been interesting to see the evolution of anime mm-hmm. over time. Um, and you know, there's like this, you know, because like there's Neon, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, but uh, at the same time came out another show called uh, Rosephon, I think it's what it's called. It's almost like the exact same thing. Um, and, uh, and, and, and then you had a bunch of anime, right. like in the early mid two thousands, which is like, I've been sucked into a game world. Right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Right. And now, you know, and, and some of them, some are good, like sort out on, on, online and stuff like that. Um, uh, some of them, I think log horizon, I just kind of like, okay. Uh, and, and so, so it's been interesting to see kind of the, the genres and, and kind of see what kind of goes, comes up, comes, comes, comes down. And then you get. You know these these random crazy ones like Attack on Titan, which yeah. just, just kind of just blows everyone away, um, and or One Punch Man, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, I haven't seen the second season of it. Supposedly it kind of went down in terms of quality, but the first season was just so crazy and out of this world um, that it was uh, it's just it's just amazing. Um, so yeah, so yeah, those are my favorites. You know, I'm I'm across genres. I'll do yeah. I'll do sports. I'll do <laughs> you know. Um, uh, big robots, you know that sort of thing, uh, but but I think there's there's definitely like garbage out there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and and so I, I definitely have a, a, a taste for stuff that is at least somewhat complex, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and something that I I don't necessarily feel like I'm wasting my time on, uh, but I think <clears throat> I think uh, uh, anim- uh, Netflix has done a really good job picking out or creating animes that that are really good one. One that's really good that I really liked. Some people liked it, some people didn't, but I really liked it. It's one called Hero Mask. Um, okay. And so if you, it's a very interesting premise, um, and the intro is spectacular. It's very simple, but the music and the way it's done is spectacular. So I would recommend just like watch episode one of that, you know, just to see kind of how they do the intro because it's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Well, before we wrap it up, uh, did you have anything more to uh, say about Monoki? Uh, we covered a lot of ground. I mean, we, we really did cover. Uh, I think we covered most of what I wanted to talk about, but was there right. anything you had left? Um, no, no, no. I, you know, I was uh, glad we, um, you know, uh, talked about wanting to do the film because it'd been a while since I'd seen it. Yeah. You know, um, and so now I'm probably gonna watch Kiki's Delivery Service and Valley of the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd, I'd watched Castle <laughs> in the Sky more recently than I watched uh, Princess Mononoke. Yeah. So I'm gonna pr- probably pick up a couple more 
Miyazaki uh, movies, just to kind of, now, now that I'm in the headspace. Um, but no, no, I mean, you know, again, one of the first, if not the first, anime films that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think before that, it was just like stuff like Robotech and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and so it really, it really opened me up and took me into another place animation wise. Animation is my favorite medium, um, yeah. you know, for, for storytelling. Uh, and so, you know, I'm glad that my introduction into it uh, was this film. You know, yeah. it, set, it, set, it set the bar high, you know, and it just kept me looking for the stuff that's, that's, that's you know, good and, and, and complex. And I will put in a plug, quick plug before we uh, wrap it up, because Studio Ghibli does have the uh, Ghibli Festival, film festival that oh, yeah. it kind of does yearly where it just cycles through Miyazaki's work. Um, I I hope that doesn't go away now that the uh, films are going to be streaming on HBO Max oh, next yeah. year. I just read that, yeah. But um, if you get a chance to watch Miyazaki on the big screen, I think I think the Spirited Away screens already happened this year. But I I highly recommend it because I mean I I know we've we saw uh, we definitely saw Ponyo and. Uh, How was Moving Castle together on the big screen? Yep. I don't remember if we saw Spirited Away together. I don't, I don't know if we saw. I mean, I definitely saw it on the big screen. Yeah, I don't remember if we saw it together. And uh, Princess Mononoke was a remarkable film to watch on the big screen. Uh, I it, take those, you know, take those opportunities that they come along. I mean, any great film needs to be seen on the big screen. I think, and especially a movie with the scope and the imagination of Mononoke deserves to be on the big screen. Um, it's a shame that we don't, with the exception of Turner Classic Movies and Fathom Events, they're, they're really, them and then Ghibli Festival is really like the only opportunities, at least in our area, right. that you really get a pretty comprehensive um, opportunity to see movies like this on the big screen. Uh, with the exception, unless you go downstairs, down to downtown Atlanta, which I know the Plaza Theater, I've seen a lot of great uh, older films on uh, the big screen there. The Landmark Midtown, I've seen some films there, right. and uh, it's it's well worth it's it's well worth the opportunity, especially if you never saw it on the big screen but fall in love with it on home media. It you. You you definitely owe to yourself to uh, check movies like this out, yep. and Miyazaki I, I and Monoke I think is one of the great ones. Um, well, David, thank you very much for joining me on this tonight. Uh, it was I'm glad we finally were able to do this. I'm glad we're finally starting to get you into the onto the podcast more and more. Hopefully, because I know we're I know next year we want to. Talk about Satoshi Khan. I definitely want to talk Cowboy Bebop with you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's great to have you on here again. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I'd like to thank David Miles for joining me in this discussion of Princess Mononoke. It's great to have him on, as always. That's going to do it for this episode of the Sonic Cinema Podcast, Class of 1999 series. It's going to get wild the rest of the way through. We have Michael Mann. We have... Paul Thomas Anderson, David Lynch, Anthony Mangella, Harold Ramis, Chris Columbus, James Mangold, a bunch of great, talented filmmakers, and a lot of really diverse films. 
to uh, talk about, and I'm looking forward to getting to all of those. Join me at patreon.com backslash Soxima. You're going to get early access reviews. A lot of them have been for the Class of 1999 series, as well as some exclusive blogs. I just did one on comparing and contrasting the two versions of It, the TV miniseries, as well as Anthony Indy Muschietti's uh, films. I'm looking to do something to commemorate the conclusion of the Skywalker saga and how I rewatched the Star Wars movies leading up to the rise of Skywalker. So check that out at patreon.com backslash Sonic Cinema. And that's it for me. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. Thank <laughs> you.